The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning, then. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday morning and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. Greatly appreciate it. I hope you're having a great week. hope you're looking to Jesus and just being encouraged in his faithfulness and his uh, encouragement and his love to you. And I uh, hope, hope things are going well for you. If you're following along with us, uh, we are in the book of Matthew. We've been going through uh, the life of Christ from Matthew's gospel now uh, for a few weeks, maybe over a month now. I think we're cl- close to episode 80 in just Matthew. So one, section by section, verse by verse uh, through Matthew's gospel as we learn not only about Jesus, but we learn from his teaching. And uh, so now if you ever wanted to ask a question that's hit me this morning as I was preparing for this, uh, if you'd like to ask a question, uh, maybe something, a topic we can deal with, or you just like to reach out something we say uh, about salvation or anything, and you'd like to maybe uh, chat back and forth. The most effective way to do that, probably just to email me. Uh, my email address here at the church is rodney at gbcbak.org. Uh, the easiest way to find that is to go to, uh, just look for our website, Grace Baptist Church Bakersfield. Uh, just Google it, find us, go to the staff page, and you'll see my email address there. And you can click on that and email me questions. I'd love the opportunity, if nothing else, just to pray with you, to encourage you, um, to answer questions, to chat back, to give some thoughts. Um, my goal is not, if you have a pastor, please um, take time and go through them. I'm not looking to replace that, but if you're watching this and you have questions or anything that we can be helped with, we'd love to be able to do that, and that'd be a great way to communicate out to us. Um, if you're following along with us, Matthew chapter uh, 19, or yeah, 19, we're going to jump into verse 13, and we're going to talk about an intriguing question. Really, it comes down to um, the one time in Scripture that Jesus tells a man that he can gain salvation by works. Why would Jesus say that? By the way, that's not a that's not the way Jesus teaches, and so why did he do it? And that's always one of the big questions. Why would Jesus state something about do all these extra things to gain salvation when that's not his teaching? Well, the key is remember that's not what he's actually doing, but that's intriguing to look and say why Jesus would say this. And really, the premise here is you're looking at the difference between religion versus relationship. So, Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 13, the Bible says, "Then, then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, "Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them." For of such is the kingdom of heaven, and he laid his hands on them and departed from there. Now, one of the things, what was happening here, is Jesus was teaching, he was encouraging people, and uh, the families were bringing young children up to sit with them, to, for him to put his hands on them and bless them and pray over them. And, uh, well, of course, the disciples didn't like that. Now, the ultimate reason disciples didn't like that was predominantly because, uh, in that case, he was considered a great leader. Children were supposed to know their place, shall we say, keep their distance, and he had more important things to do than to spend time with the children. Of course, Jesus was trying to teach the exact opposite of that. These little children of such, this this is the kingdom of heaven. Now, the reference he comes to is similar to what he did recently in the chapter. We must come like these little children to Jesus. We must come innocently. We must come humbly. We must come as a way to realize that we need Jesus. We need his help. We can't do anything in and of ourselves. And so that's the reason these young children came. That's the reason he embraced them to come 
And so simply the principle we pull from that is for those looking for salvation, let me tell you this as we go through the rest of this too. If there's anything that Satan wants to do, uh, Satan wants you to be religious. Satan wants you to be heavily engaged in works and religion and things of that nature as long as you understand how complicated it is. Let me say what I mean. What I mean. He wants you to be so busy trying to be religious on your own front, your own good works, and be so confused by the simple truth of Jesus, you never find Jesus. You find religion, you find heavy-oriented church, you find all that, but you never find religion. I mean, never find Jesus. And that's what Satan wants. And, and, and while many would call us religious, and that's not necessarily a wrong term, the heavy-handed religion where it is all about me doing all these good works and hopefully Jesus will accept me is just not biblical. Uh, it's, it's just wrong. And so that's why he says we must come as a child. Simple, simple faith. Uh, it's not complicated by uh, knowledge. It's not complicated by confusion. While there's a lot of things out there that we need to learn about Jesus, is the truth of salvation is just that simple. Come as a child. Well, then he continued. By the way, this is one of the reasons why in churches it's important that we do our best to love and to teach the children. Um, I, by the way, I do think it's important that we make sure our children understand salvation. Uh, we're not tricking them or manipulating them into it. We need to make sure they understand what they're doing. We don't want to confuse them. But I think more than anything, what a great opportunity when children come to love them, to encourage them in a day when the world has a very wrong view on how to treat children. What an opportunity to love them, to, to help them just to find their identity and their love in Jesus, in us as a church. Um, Help them to realize they're created uniquely by God for a very specific reason, and they can find comfort and encouragement and strength in that identity in Jesus. And what a great opportunity, and hopefully, you know, here at Grace, we'll continue to do that, and hopefully uh, that is an emphasis we continue to put as, frankly, in our culture today, there is a war on children. Oh, may we as parents step up on that. May we recognize that and take the necessary steps to protect them. Let's jump into the next section, though. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Now behold, one came to him and said, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Verse 17, he, so he said to him, uh, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, the first thing that's intriguing is he comes in and he says, good teacher, and Jesus immediately comes back and he makes a reference, why do you call me good? There's really only one good. And he references back to the understanding, trying to teach him that there's only one good, and that is God, and you must acknowledge that while you're calling me that again. This man, please understand, this man's coming in with very, what we would reference, a religious background. He's got a lot of understanding of man-made religion, and he's trying to use that man-made religion to gain salvation. That's why he says, he goes, uh, why do you call me, uh, he asks the question, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? The entire premise of what Jesus' answer is based upon the question. He goes, what can I do uh, to, in, in, to have, inherit, to earn eternal life? life. Uh, and he's completely mis, uh, he's completely gone the wrong direction. And so Jesus comes back. Now, Jesus knows, understand one thing that Jesus has that we can't. Jesus knows the heart of this man. He knows the thinking. So you have to understand that Jesus is coming back with an answer that he's trying to teach him something unique. We'll see here in a second. So let's continue on in verse um, 18. So he said to him, which ones, or which, you know, Jesus says, keep the commandments, and man, which ones? Jesus says, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
He comes back and basically repeats the Ten Commandments, the law. And then he says, verse 20, the young man said to him, all these have I kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, okay, let me stop there for a second, because here's the thing you have to look at. We look at this and we say, well, the man's done everything Jesus has asked. I don't understand what's missing here. You have to understand what Jesus is saying. He goes back to the Ten Commandments and he says, do this. One of the things that's intriguing about the Ten Commandments, you need to understand why God created the law, why God put it out there, and what is what is the one of the purposes of it today. We should try to follow it, obey it. It is great morals, it's great truth, is what God wants from us. But here's the one thing to take into account. The law was created for the express purpose for us to understand we can't keep the law. There is no way for us to obtain the perfection that the law demands. I mean, you think about this. Uh, let's go through these. Don't, not murder. Well, we've not murdered, but if you hate somebody, if you hate a brother, God says you've murdered them. You've not committed adultery. Okay, I've never done that. But God tells a man, if a man looks at a woman to lust after he's committed adultery in his heart with them, uh, you shall not steal. I don't think there's a time that any of us, even on a small level, okay, I haven't stolen from the bank, but if, you, the point is this. If you, if you don't look at these from the point of view of things that put you in jail, and you look at these in the reality of what they are, you can't look at them and say, I've never done those. It's impossible. These were created to help us realize we can't attain perfection. In Romans, we're told there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. The simple premise is he's trying to help this man realize there is nothing you can do to earn heaven. That's what he's saying. He asks the question, what good thing shall I do that I can have eternal life? And Jesus says, there's just not enough good you can do. Because it, it's not, here's the key, it's not about how much good I do to get to inherit eternal life. To get to heaven, I must be perfect. So I can't do anything wrong. I can't do anything wrong. And if I never do anything wrong, okay, then I'm good. And that's what he's trying to teach him. Please understand, the world says if your good outweighs your bad, you're okay. Scripture never says that. It's not about if my good outweighs my bad. I need to be perfect to get to heaven, and I can never earn that. So when he says, I've done these from my youth, he was lying. There's no way he could do that. Verse 21, Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Uh, Jesus is not saying that we need to give everything away uh, to earn salvation. Jesus was using his own logic against him, saying you need to be perfect, you need to do all these things to get to heaven. And the simple point is, the guy came with the wrong question. He wanted to earn it. He wanted to do it. Salvation was all about him. He missed the premise. And by the way, he would have understood Jesus' teaching. You cannot earn it. He was still trying to come to Jesus by his own merit, his own good works, his own way. If you're going to come to Jesus, you must come to Jesus on his terms. You must come to Jesus realizing that the simple answer is I need to repent of my sin, put my faith in Jesus. That's salvation. Uh, it, you know, accept Jesus as God, repent of our sin, come to him, put our faith in him. I can't do anything. He's already done it. That's why he said on the cross, it is finished. If you're going to come to Jesus, you need to come to him in his terms of repentance and accepting of salvation. Now, let me encourage you. If you've never done that, please, I encourage you to consider that today. Uh, read to the book of John chapter 3. Uh, the chapter John 3. It's a powerful chapter that answers a lot of your questions. If you've got questions like to answer again, reach out to us. But let me challenge you. Good works, doing enough is not going to get you to heaven. You need to understand that we must follow and get to heaven the way Jesus demands. Jesus dictates. He's the author of salvation. 
He is the percher. Well, God's the author. He's the purchaser of salvation, and we must come to him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by Jesus, and may that be something we recognize. You've never done that. I challenge you to do it today. If you have done that, may we be reminded even the days we don't feel saved, our salvation's not by our works, our salvation's not by how good we are, how, how much we feel saved today. Our salvation is by faith alone. Trust in him and continue to be reminded he has offered you salvation. You did not earn it. Therefore, you cannot lose it. Therefore, it is not for you to continue to attain trust in his goodness and his faith to you. Thanks again for joining us today on this Thursday morning. Greatly appreciate the wonderful privilege to be a part of your day. Hope you have a great remainder of your day. Hope this is an encouragement. Again, if we can help, reach out to us. We'd love the opportunity to do that and continue with us as we continue through the book of Matthew. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.